It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Thank you to Michael and thank you to Bill for great questions about Japanese maples and taking advantage of my guest and friend, Norm Mitleider, who's been on the show before and calling in from Marietta, Georgia this morning. Wrapping our conversation up, Norm, I really appreciate your time. Um, one of the original things we talked about, and Michael unfortunately had this problem, but his maple wasn't as established as some that I've seen. But both Walter Reeves and I were uh, given photos, you know, from listeners uh, over the last couple of months. Those harsh freezes that we had in April and I think around the beginning of May um, affected people's larger Japanese maples, right? And the telltale sign was these browning leaves at the top. And, oh, no, the fear for the rest of the health of the tree, what to do. Um, and you had some great advice. So if folks are still seeing those signs of perhaps what it is frost damage, A, tell us what it looks like, and B, what to do. Well, as you mentioned, it typically is the leaf is kind of shriveling up and uh, drying up and eventually falling off. The tree, if it's healthy enough, which most are, it will send out new smaller leaves to replace the one that got frost damaged. Um, this will usually happen in a few weeks. And what I would recommend under this circumstance is to give it a little light coat of fertilizer. It could be fish emulsion or um, uh, some other fertilizer that only has an NPK value of like two or three. Okay. What you do not want to do is shock it again with too much fertilizer up in the six, seven, or greater. Value. So all three numbers would be lower. Correct. Okay. Um, and, and you know, provide it sufficient water, but don't overwater because. You know, when a tree is stressed, you don't want to force it to put on more growth than it can put out. And that hint for watering, folks, is going to really uh, lend well for, you know, keeping in mind the, the water needs that it has uh, over the warmer months this upcoming summer. Norm, I'm going to sneak in one more call on you. How do you feel about that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we're not blindsiding you here, but... Brian in Stone Mountain got in just in time with a great question. Good morning, Brian. Welcome to Green and Growing. Good morning, Ashley. So what's going on? Hey. You have a big task ahead of you. Yeah, Norman, I've, I've been meaning to call you to get you to come over and take a look at this veritas I've got in my backyard. It's grown out of a pot into the ground, and some of the roots are about the size of my arm. Ooh. And I'm concerned that maybe I should root prune it one big root at a time rather than trying to dig the whole plant up and move it. What do you think? Well, I, if the pot really isn't of that particular um, value, I would look at breaking it and then digging out a, a bigger root system for the tree. Um, otherwise, because if, if they're as large as you say they are, root pruning it, especially this time of year, not a good idea. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I might need to wait till winter, of course, once it's dormant. Yes, 
January, February. Right. But I'm wondering how is this about an eight inch caliber? How far away from the the trunk should I cut those big roots? You think to give it the best chance for survival? Well, if you do it in January, February, you could, you know, trim them, you know, 18 inches, two feet. Um, you don't have to go that far out because there's enough energy stored in the wood that you know it'll still be able to put out leaves, maybe not as big, but that will be able to put out the leaves. And, you know, if you give it the TLC it needs, then you should be good to go. Good. And really a delicate process, like you said, just to make it easier, break the pot and, and make it a lot easier on Brian, save him some time. Norm Mitleider, thank you so much for being on this morning. I always appreciate your time, friend. And folks can keep up with you um, on my Facebook page by visiting Green and Growing WSB. I'm going to share things uh, about you and what you're up to and some advice you may have for people that can follow you that way. Sounds like a plan, Ashley. All right. Always good to have you, friend. We'll be talking soon. All right. You have a great day. You too. Thank you so much, and thanks for sticking around for the calls. All right. Up next, as promised, my special guest welcoming for the first time to Green and Growing, it's Clark Howard. Good morning. How do you feel being on the uh, gardening show? This may be a first for you. Well, you know, I'm all about green, but in terms of outdoors, it's really <laughs> astroturf. Right. It's... It's hard for me to know what to what to say. If anybody ever asks me any advice about the outside, all I say is when you're selling your house, <laughs> you really need to make it look great with curb appeal. And how do you and do that, that is Clark? The sum total of my knowledge. <laughs> and you're like, I don't really know how to get curb appeal. I just know it when I see it, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, so I, I I teased ahead last night on my Facebook page to you being on, and I was joking around, you know, folks, if, if any of you have questions for Clark Howard, leave them here. And Ian made me laugh out loud when he left a question for you. What does Clark say about spending over $600 to grow $20 worth of my own tomatoes? That's an investment. Except the tomatoes are going to be awesome. Right. When you grow your own and they're so fresh and you know how you made them, you don't have to worry about what chemicals were used or anything like that. And when you have those tomatoes, they'll be the best tasting tomatoes ever. <laughs> so it's it's money well spent, I feel. Gardeners are okay with that investment if it's a little bit of a loss, right? <laughs> right. And and think about, you know, I think about it our habitat builds when the uh when the gardeners come, the what's the special designation when you're like a big time gardener? Master gardener certification. Yes. Yeah. So when the master gardeners come on the last day of our habitat builds and you see they have this calmness about them <laughs> that is this serenity that's so cool that there's something about uh you know building this beauty that you build with landscaping and flowers and all that that just creates this peace inside you that is really really special and that's priceless Absolutely. You know, I, I shared an article not too long ago on the show, and it was a study done over in Britain, you know, yeah, about the health benefits of gardening. And we're so happy to be here sharing those things. And you know what, Clark, another health benefit you get from doing something for yourself and for others, making yourself feel good and helping others is 
charity work and one that you are so large in, which you've already alluded to, Habitat for Humanity. And congratulations to you, by the way, because you have been involved and really close to this organization since the mid-90s. How many houses have you helped sponsor in Metro Atlanta since like 96, 97? So I know the number around the United States. Okay. I'm not quite sure what Atlanta is, but we're I'm at 88 around the United States. Amazing. That's great. And Atlanta is somewhere uh, about 70-something, but I don't know the exact number. All right. So the, the flaw here, the, the bad part, but the reason that we're talking, what's brought us together, donations took a huge hit during the pandemic. Um, but at the same time, the need for affordable housing increased. So that's why we're talking today with Clark Howard, hoping that the, our listeners, who are the best listeners in the entire country, uh, the community can join you in building a house virtually this summer. Tell us about what you're trying to do. So, you know, Habitat homes are built typically by volunteers and a lot of corporations, churches, community groups all put up money, get the sponsors there and all the rest. Well, because of the pandemic, Habitat affiliates all over the United States essentially shut down March of last year. Mm. And Habitat homes have not been built over that time. A lot of sponsors said, oh, well, we're out for now. And so the waiting list of people who want to buy affordable homes has grown exponentially at the same time we've seen this big run up in home prices. So I'm doing a challenge right now to try to get Habitat going again in Metro Atlanta. And I'm doing it with Atlanta Habitat, where for every dollar you put up, I will put up a dollar and we're going to build a home and get Habitat going again by the end of summer. And so far, we need $80,000 in seed money to build this home. And we've had, uh, we're at $58,387 right now towards our $80,000 goal of building a home. So half of that is money that generous fellow Atlantans have donated. And then the other half is my challenge money. So we're we're getting there. We're getting we're three quarters of the way there. Amazing. And really, when you wrap your head around that number, Clark, 80,000 to build a home for a family, that's not that much. Well, it it actually in total costs a fair amount more than that. Okay. That's enough to come up with the money for the uh, direct hard costs, the materials involved in building, having a um, professional home builder who manages the build with the volunteers. And so we're able to get a home built. It's a three or four bedroom home that the monthly payment for the home buyer will end up being around 650 to $700 a month, which, okay. I mean, what can you rent in Atlanta at that price? Not you a can't, lot, right? <laughs> no, it's three and times you that. certainly can't buy a home at that kind of price per month. Mm -hmm. And these homes are wonderful uh, three or four bedroom, two bath homes. And depending on the size of the family, you know, the homes most often are three or four. Sometimes you might have a very large family, it'll be a five bedroom and the home price will step up some, but they get really, really wonderful, beautifully built homes. And as volunteers are able to return, you have to be vaccinated, but as volunteers are able to return, you're building side by side with the home buyer and his or her or their family. 
Which is so cool. I mean, you've had an opportunity to meet tons of families. They're all in with the project. The kids are learning great life lessons. So we're going to help build a home for a family who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford it. How do we help, Clark? Where do we help you? If you just go to clark.com slash habitat, you can see how to click to donate. And remember, your money is automatically doubled by digging into my wallet <laughs> with me matching what you put up. And we had donations yesterday from $1, $20, $100, $200. We even had one person donate $5,000 wow. anonymously. We don't know who that was. And so you just, whatever you can afford, know that in life, having a double of your return on investment immediately mm -hmm. is a very rare thing. You don't get so that anywhere spend, else. spend my money. I love it. Well, Clark, you know, this was just the warm up hour because I think in another hour and a half, you get to talk to your old pal, Dave Baker. I went easy on you. I know how you and Dave uh, <laughs> enjoy being together. So, You know, what's really funny, Ashley, is after all these decades of volunteering at Habitat, when I get home, I still don't know how to do anything. And at a Habitat build, I've done every single part of building a home, oh, yeah. except plumbing and electrical. And <laughs> when I get home, you know, Lane will ask me to do something. I'm like, honey, I don't know how to do that. Right. I, I worked on one of your houses years ago, and I was on the team that was doing the siding. And man, we were working at a good clip, put that siding up, and then I'll be darned if we weren't doing it the wrong way. We had to take it down and start over. <laughs> so that is not something. But folks you know, that's all for. part of learning how to do it. Because next time you come back, you're like, no, 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 don't do that. You got to <laughs> yes. do this. Uh, now I siding know. is a siding is a, a pre because we use the hardy plank, so it's the mm -hmm. concrete based material. It, it is a learning curve to know how to hang that. That is right. All right. Well, Clark.com slash Habitat. Easy peasy. There it is to help Clark continue on his mission of building a Habitat for Humanity homes for folks who need it here in the Metro Atlanta area. Thanks so much, Clark. Always good to speak with you. And I know we'll be hanging out again soon with the Carathon coming up this summer. That's right. Yep. And you enjoy your holiday weekend. All right. You too. Always good to have you. Clark Coward again, Clark.com slash Habitat. My thanks to Norm and to Clark for joining me in this hour. Pike Nursery coming up in less than 10 minutes. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. An update on the weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, partly cloudy, highs almost to the mid-70s. It's going to be a little less humid tomorrow. Full sun, highs in the mid-70s again, and a warm-up to the mid-80s. And partly cloudy for your Memorial Day Monday. Really thankful that Norm Mitleider joined me. Clark Howard and the great work he's doing for Habitat for Humanity. We're going to be talking to Pike Nursery here in just a few minutes. Red, white, and blue plants getting in the patriotic spirit for the Memorial Day weekend and thinking ahead to July 4th and Labor Day. And your calls, 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. You're listening to WSB. Green. 
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, 8.36 on your Saturday morning. Welcome back to Green and Growing. It's the last half hour of the show, and even traditionally when it was the lawn and garden show for so many years with Walter Reeves, we've always had Pike Nursery sponsor the show, but they're a big part of this last hour as they try to give you some of their best gardening advice, some of the skills they pass along to us, and also products that they offer in the nursery. So I'm joined this morning by Kara Mulvey from the Holcomb Bridge location. Welcome back to the show, Kara. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. And you know, it is Memorial Day weekend. That's the holiday observed on the last Monday of the month, honoring the men and women who have died while serving in the U.S. military. So very patriotic, Kara, and you guys are carrying the torch there, uh, wanting to let folks know how to best honor those who have served in the military by showing your patriotic spirit red, white, and blue flowers. And a lot of these are going to spruce up the landscape, make everything really happy and really colorful coming into summertime, right? Yeah, and you can plant them now, and they're going to go all the way until Labor Day for you, even past that. But it'll take care of July 4th as well as Labor Day holiday to plant these now. I love that. Okay, so before we start planting and just grabbing up every colorful flower we see at the nursery, you got a few tips that you want us to keep in mind. If you have sun versus shade, um, it's very important to know what time of the day you get sun and how many hours of direct sunlight you get in that area. Those are the two things that you want to be very careful about. And you want to do a couple things where you want to vary in the height. So you want a thriller, so something that's a little bit on the taller side. A filler, so something that's going to kind of cover most of the dirt. And then a spiller, something that's going to spill over the container when you're doing container gardening. And you can also use colorful containers as well with red, white, or blue pots. We also sell decorative Uh, garden flags that you can put in the landscape to spruce up your garden to make it look a lot more patriotic. So it doesn't just have to be the flowers. You're absolutely right. The accessories can can add to that as well. Okay, so let's start off with plants for sun. We're thinking containers, maybe around the mailbox, beside the driveway, something really showy. So let's cover those red, white, and blue flowers that you guys have. Pentas are a huge butterfly attractor Um, The butterflies and bees love them. Um, They have this vibrant, vibrant red. Um, There's no blue, but there is a vibrant red, and there is a beautiful, bold white color as well. Um, Another great vibrant red is going to be your geraniums or your sun patients. For a blue, we have salvia, and we have um, blue my mind is also uh, another. It's a spiller. It's called evolvulus. Um, and those are great blue-colored flowers. There's not much blue out there, um, but those two will really kind of pull that whole look together. If you're looking for some white, we have white salvia, white sun patients, white geraniums, um, and these all have a very bold look to them. Great red thriller as well is going to be your mandavia or your roses. Mandavia is a tropical. It's something that will last all the way until fall, um, and it just blooms like crazy. It never stops blooming. And then you have roses as well if you want something that's going to come back year after year for you. 
And the bedding flowers that you mentioned, like sun patients, maybe like geraniums, uh, petunias even, just a reminder for folks to be deadheading those, right, throughout the summer. That way they get continuous blooms. Geraniums, you do want to deadhead and clean regularly, and they are heavy feeders, so they want a good amount of fertilization. All right, good deal. Okay, so now maybe moving to the back deck or in the backyard or something where it's a little more shade. Red, white, and blue flowers, they're going to be good for that. The great way to incorporate that blue color to your yard in the shade is going to be hostas. Hostas is great to give you that kind of blue look. Um, you do have some white plants uh, if you're doing bedding plants, caladiums and impatiens and begonias. Um, those are great things that uh, can really brighten up a shade garden and add some patriotic color to the landscape. A great um, hosta that I love that you can use in containers or in your um, bedding plants as well is going to be your Patriot hosta. It's got kind of a blue center with a white margin on the edge, mm. and it's just stunningly beautiful. We want everybody at the nursery this weekend because there's a lot to see and a lot to do at Pike Nursery. And you guys are offering a discount actually every day, but one that many folks may not even know about. We offer a 10% off military discount every day for active military members and veterans. Just bring in your military ID and just show it to the cashiers up at the register. We also have a lifetime warranty on all trees and shrubs. That one's an easy one, Kara. I myself have taken advantage of that. Um, years ago, I bought Sky Pencil Hollies, and they made it about two years. I don't know what it was. If, if insects just got ahead of me or, you know, I wasn't keeping the soil moist enough, but they died. And I had saved my receipt from two years prior, and I had saved one of the tags off the plants just so I could always remember the name. But uh, I brought that back in with the receipt two years later. Y'all gave me, I think I picked out dwarf boxwoods to replace it. So that was easy peasy. Again, a lifetime guarantee on trees and shrubs at Pike Nursery. Yes, and make sure you bring in your receipt so we have a proof of purchase there. Or if you're part of the rewards program, make sure you put it on your account. There you go. Well, Kara Mulvey, thank you so much for joining us. And are there any different store hours on Monday with it being Memorial Day? Yes, we're only going to be open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Monday. All right, everybody going out and hopefully celebrating with their families, taking some time outside. And what better way to do it than to first visit Pike Nursery over the weekend? Kara, my thanks to you. Have a great weekend. Yes, you do the same. And it's worth mentioning that garden annuals, four packs of garden annuals, and even some that we mentioned, um, like impatience, begonias, they're regularly $349 on sale through Monday for $249 at all Pike locations. Go in, see what else you can get. Also, a patriotic color bowl, which everything is planted all in one container for, uh, you know, any gatherings you may be hosting or anything like that. So my thanks to Pike Nursery. And also, when we were talking about blue plants, and I forgot to mention this to Kara, obviously one that comes to mind is the Mophead Hydrangea, beautiful macrophylla um, hydrangea that is blue right now. Makes me think of the Penny McHenry Hydrangea Festival that is coming up next weekend out in Douglasville, 9 to 5. You can find out more by going to hydrangeafest.org. That's going to be a really nice afternoon next Saturday. And then my friend Norm Mitleider wanted me to let you know the American Hydrangea Society, their garden tour around the areas of Alpharetta and Roswell are the following Saturday, Saturday, June 12th. 
That's the 26th annual garden tour that they are hosting there. Tickets available online at American Hydrangea Society. Dot org. That's going to be a nice day as well. Nine to five, rain or shine. So if you need to get out and about and you enjoy hydrangeas and want to learn a little bit more about them or just see some beautiful ones, two weekends in a row where you can really do that. All right, probably the last call of the show going to be David calling from Tucker with a follow-up from last Saturday. Hey, David, welcome back. Hi. Um, we were talking about um, some of the plants uh, that attract butterflies and they, uh, native butterflies breed on uh, last Saturday and there was some vague discussion about something that was attacking uh, some of them and it turns out uh, I found some information there is a cousin to the ambrosia beetle that has a wider selection of plants that attacks basically attacks uh, the woody elements of plants uh-huh. has all the same uh, issues that ambrosia beetles do um and um unfortunately the only way to deal with it is to keep your plants from being stressed which in this atlanta environment is kind of difficult right but uh the same um signs are you know those little matchsticks sticking out of the woody element of the plant is a sign that you've got that infestation so i just wanted to give you a a heads up on that because i believe they attack hydrangeas um and a wide variety of things such as spice bushes yeah that's uh, what we talked about okay and and the limbs on a spice bush are obviously a little thinner than us talking about you know limbs or tree trunks or anything like that but um have you seen a picture of this this cousin does he look very similar to the ambrosia beetle no i have not um I actually haven't even gotten a name uh, for the beetle, but apparently the behavior is the same. It just attacks a wider variety of plants, which is always just great news to hear. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is the time of year that you're going to be uh, finding out very quickly if you have ambrosia beetle damage. And David, like you said, matchsticks, almost like toothpicks. I mean, what that is, it's the female beetle. She bores into trunks and branches, and as she's kicking out the sawdust, so to speak, it comes out as almost like a little string sticking out from the side of the trunk or the limbs. Uh, That's where her entry point is. And so some of the host plants, I guess, here in Zone 7, like in the southeast, uh, that really attract ambrosia beetles and that we have seen their damage on, uh, dogwoods, red buds, maples, uh, crepe myrtles, even ornamental cherry trees, also peaches and plums. So you just really got to be on the lookout. Persimmons as well. Um, tiny little beetle, tiny little short guy, um, dark brown, almost black at the back. So be on the lookout for that. That is going to be some damage that you really can't come back from. So David, I'm glad you called. Always good that you follow up. All right. I am actually going to Go to commercial break on time this time so that when we come back to wrap up the show, I can give you the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. And we'll kind of uh, wrap up what we covered on the show today and how to hear me through the weekend. That and more next. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB.
so glad that you plan to be here with us throughout the Memorial Day weekend and thankful for Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. You've heard his weather updates uh, this morning. Partly cloudy today, a little breezy, a little cooler, high of around mid-70s. Partly cloudy and sunny tomorrow. It's going to be very pleasant with highs reaching 76. And then again, partly cloudy Monday, Tuesday, but a little warmer with highs in the mid-80s. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, the moon phases of, you know, gardening and like maybe old wives' tales type things. But I think that's interesting. So number one, according to the Farmer's Almanac, they say tomorrow and Monday it's best to kill plant pests. Those are barren days. And we just talked about ambrosia beetles. Kill them. Get to them. Number two, you heard my conversation with Kara at Pike Nursery. Red, white, and blue plants in your beds and containers. A little patriotic flair for Memorial Day. It'll take you through Independence Day and Labor Day. Some of the plants we talked about, petunias, calabrocoa, pentas, blue salvia, morning glories. She mentioned mandevilla. All of those are great ideas. Uh, and number three, use soaker hoses and a water timer to irrigate annuals and perennials and shrubs. So thankful we had a decent rain shower yesterday. But keep that in mind going through the summer. What the hose will do, the soaker hose conserves water. It's watering at the base of the plant where it needs to go. And the timer just makes it easier on you. Most of those soaker hoses, it'll say this, they apply one gallon per foot per hour. So uh, keep in mind, just a reminder, for shrubs, for trees, for lawns, General rule of thumb when watering, one inch per week. Um, That's going to be sufficient. That's going to be enough. And one of my other things, I guess it could be number four, um, be on the lookout for spurweed or lawn burweed. I've gotten some emails with pictures, uh, poor pets and babies running around in the grass getting poked by these tiny, tiny little brown stickers. And that's what that is. You'll know the light green grassy looking mound when you see it and that's where those stickers are coming from uh broadleaf weed killer is going to help you out with that and just a a heads up i always post a picture of weed of the week every monday that's going to be my weed this week uh is spur weed just so you can identify it easily and those burrs are not coming from trees they're not coming from anything else So throughout the show today, you've heard some great messages left by you, our listeners, uh, for Memorial Day to honor those who have fallen and who have given their all uh, serving in the U.S. military. You're able to participate in that if you have a message for a special person you're remembering or just want to thank our troops. You can do that by downloading the WSB Radio app. It is free. And once you get that, go to the bottom corner, open mic, and you can record your message and you may hear it played throughout the weekend. We do have uh, some special shows for you lined up for Monday. I will be uh, in the traffic center. I would say triple team traffic, but it is solo traffic. I am by myself Memorial Day on television and on radio. So if you're up early, tune into Channel 2 Action News this morning and there I will be. Always glad to be in the host seat with you. On Saturday mornings, Dave Baker literally banging down the door right now to get in here. He's going to have Clark Howard on. If you missed Clark with me at the beginning of 8 o'clock, don't worry. You'll hear more Clark on with Dave Baker coming up. And I invite you to visit my Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. Walter Reeves and I, in the first hour of the show, talked about uh, growing and being successful planting asparagus you can do it you just need a little bit of space a little bit of time in the beginning and you'll be rewarded for years with little to no maintenance i've got some tips and a yummy asparagus recipe for you 
on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page and some other great stuff. I hope you'll follow me there and on Twitter at Ashley Frasca WSB. Thanks to Justin and DeMarco for being here today. We always have a good time on the weekends. And hit me up and I'll answer your lawn and garden questions. Just give me a day off, maybe tomorrow. I might uh, pull back from social media. But enjoy your weekend. Please have a safe and responsible and happy Memorial Day weekend. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.